Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of Snatched. Uh, you're here with your boy Ewart and the lovely Latoya. <laughs> Um, and we would like to welcome you back to another episode um, from for, from our season two. Uh, I'm not a celebrity, get me out of here. Um, thank you so much for everyone who's reached out and given us like, some feedback and comments around um, episode one or season two, which was Agent Nothing But A Number. Um, we thoroughly enjoyed recording that and we hope yeah. that you guys enjoyed listening to it as well. Um, if you haven't already, follow us on um, Snatchshot Podcast um, on Instagram or if you'd like to get in contact with us, uh, send us an email to contact at snatchpodcast.com com um woo woo. um so this episode um is called the labor of love um, and i'm going to hand it over to, to latoya um, to take us through and give us a little bit of context yes so today's episode labor of love as you had said is um a sensitive one but we're going to use the celebrity couple kanye west and kim kardashian west as our example to kind of intro the episode so basically they have a complex relationship you know they get a lot of column inches and media headlines and obviously as of recent um, it has been alleged that they're filing for divorce. Now, within their relationship, there's been alleged tales of porn addiction and, uh, bi- and a bipolar diagnosis um, confirmed by Kanye within the media. So um, basically, it's talking about how to, today we're talking about how to manage or how can you manage a relationship that has a lot of these issues kind of plaguing them. Um, a bit of background to the the relationship or what Kanye has said about it. I'm going to not read it in American accent, but this is a quote directly from Vogue. <laughs> um, he said, like for me, Playboy was a, my gateway into full on porn way, porn, porn way, porn, pornography addiction. My dad had a Playboy left out at age five and it affected almost every choice made for the rest of my life from age five till now, having to kick the habit and it just presents itself in the open like it's OK. And I stand up and say, no, it's not OK. That is him talking about his porn addiction, starting from a very, very young age. Five mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. yeah, even understand what sex is. Secondly, with mm-hmm. the bipolar disorder, he was diagnosed in 2016, and that's something he speaks about quite openly. Um, he said that his experiences of many episodes include paranoia and that he is non-medicated for his condition. This year, or this year, 2020, it feels like, as I said, 2020 extension. In 2020, obviously, we had the presidential <laughs> candidate race in which Kanye... He has said it before, but he decided to throw his hat in the ring, which obviously was also prefaced by a lot of very um, extreme tweets, I'd say, from his account, um, his Twitter account. So on the 23rd of July, obviously noticing all this was going on and all the media headlines around it, Kim shared a message on her Instagram about her husband, stated, as many of you know, Kanye has a bipolar disorder and anyone who has this or has a loved one in their life who does knows how incredibly complicated and painful it is to understand. So using that, we're going to be starting that off, as I said, as the basis for our episode. And yes, to yeah. start to unpick this really sensitive topic. So you at over to you. <laughs> yeah. So, you know what? I think that, you know, to be fair, I think that was quite brave of Kim to obviously come out um, and talk and tweet around um, her husband and the condition um, and uh, that he has and equally how complicated it is because I can talk from first-hand experience. Um, my sister has uh, bipolar and schizophrenia um, and it she's been diagnosed, she was diagnosed probably about like, 20... 20 years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 years ago. So I think back then... 
there wasn't there was quite a lot of stigma around mental health and I don't necessarily think there was a lot of focus and equally the support for her as an individual um so I know from first-hand experience how complex and complicated it can be um just due to the fact I'm not going to go into the science of bipolar just because I don't necessarily feel because I don't have it I want to be able to do it justice so um Mm. but I can only talk from my experience impact it's had um and you know when they do go through um when they could be in they could be manic depressed or equally they could be mania um the intensity of the mood swings and the intensity mm. of how the mood changes is uh, is quite exhausting potentially mm. for them and equally for their loved ones and people around them um i do feel that you're not too sure um, I think with my sister, because she had the schizophrenia, there's almost split personality as well, right? Mm-hmm. So I wasn't too sure what 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 sister I was obviously going to get. Um, I think that, you know, you can try, and especially it's really, really hard when you're in a relationship with somebody. I mean, I can only talk from my sister experience, but I can only imagine what it's like actually being in love with that person, that being your life partner mm-hmm. or your husband or your wife. Because there's times when you know, they are so low, there's nothing that you can literally do that's going to help them. Mm -hmm. They have to want to do it for themselves. You can be Mm -hmm. there, you can make sure that they take their medication on time um, and quite frequently. But if they don't necessarily want to to do it, then they won't. Um, And then on the flip side, when they go into, uh, when they're in um, mania, um, it can be like they're super energetic, they've got, they feel that they can take over the world, super creative. Um, but then if it's not managed, it can almost be quite dangerous and detrimental to mm-hmm. their health and equally that of others because they feel almost quite fearless. And that's yeah. what I felt for my sister. Um, obviously, guys, just to let you guys know, I can't speak from my personal experience in terms of me having bipolar, but I can talk from an experience of what I felt from when, you know, my sister was in those moods. So it can be super, super um, difficult, frustrating. I think there's some times where um, they would say things or could say or do things that can be really hurtful. Now, I don't mm. necessarily know if that's more assigned to bipolar. I think that's more assigned to the schizophrenia side of, mm. of my sister's diagnosis. But it is very hard because for me, it was almost quite a love-hate relationship that I had to balance and manage mm. that for the past kind of like 22 years. Um, and it's quite exhausting. Like you feel one minute you love the person, one minute you hate the person. And then sometimes you have to think to yourself, oh my God, am I overthinking this? Does Is something off? I'm not too sure. Is it just me? So you start guessing, start, you start second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a very, very, very complex, um, what can I say? A, a not battle, but a very complex challenge mm-hmm. uh, for the individual that has that. And then equally their loved ones as well. Um, like I can, I don't mind doing the physical challenge, etc. But when it's mental, it can really take its toll on you. And actually, I think that it can leave you um, if it's not managed in the right way. Because I do think medication is massively important. Mm-hmm. And I know that you said here that obviously he's not medicating for the condition. No. Um, and I do, whilst I think everyone has their own, um, everyone should make, have their, uh, everyone has a responsibility or everyone has ownership to make their own decisions. But if it is if you are putting yourself in danger or you're endangering others or your children, et cetera, I do think that you should explore options for medication because 
it can st- it stabilizes the individual. Um, and then equally, if you don't want to do obviously like medication, you can do talking therapies, et cetera, et cetera. And that is for the person who's been diagnosed by- with bipolar. But then equally, I think people who have loved ones in their family who have bipolar, they need to seek out like talking networks and talking therapies for themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Because I feel that's what I didn't, I didn't have that when I was nine, when my sister was diagnosed, mm. right? So actually, I think growing up, I didn't really understand it to the full extent. Um, but then equally, I don't think us as a family really seek to help to know how to manage um, someone who has bipolar in that family. Mm. That was very, very, very long-winded. But, a very, <laughs> no, but it's a really sense. good, uh, because you have first-hand experience of it within your own family network so to be honest it is really good for you to give that example because I think where Kim has had a lot of stick it's very complex with their relationship because Kim needs the media to survive so because they've done so many I I mean I don't believe every action that's been in the papers has not been engineered for them to get column column inches you know I think they do pull Mm -hmm. stunts so that they get their space on the headlines so then what happens is like well, what I believe happens is that people start to go, well, is this really real? Has he really got bipolar? Are they just doing this as an excuse? Is Kim just throwing him out to the wolves? Why would you not stop him tweeting all of this stuff? Or Because when he did, what I noticed is when he did say he was going to run for president, for president, you know, she retweeted it and put a support thing, which I thought, well, okay, you can support it. But then this is where people get confused because afterwards when it's like, okay, we'll have sensitivity. My thought was, well, but you still kind of supported him doing this presidential thing, which is, you know, was not going to get anywhere. You knew that this was, I assume, in his manic phase and Mm. it got you the column inches. So it's like, are you throwing, in that instance, I'm just, I question whether it's, I, I don't doubt that she doesn't, I mean, she's married to him. So I assume she loves him. But it, it, are you throwing your partner out to the wolves in order to get the column inches? So mm-hmm. if you're a sensitive partner or sensitive family member, you wouldn't do that. But then again, he's a millionaire in his own right and he's going to do what he wants. I mean, not only has he got bipolar, he's got, he's got billions. So if he wants to go out and do it, he can. But I just mm. questioned what the intent was behind letting him run so free in the media. But then, like you said, unless they want to help themselves, you can't really do anything about it. And if they don't want to take medication, I don't believe you can force them to take medication. If he's saying he doesn't want to, you can't Mm -hmm. force him. And like you said, he's not he, when they're in the manic phase, it's super creative, right? So he produces albums. He does all of this amazing stuff, produces collections yeah. when he's in a manic phase. So that brings money, brings column inches. But at the same time, like you said about comments that, that they can make, he made a comment about saying that they were going to abort Northwest. And he's made that mm-hmm. publicly and that mm. to me, and cried. So at that point, is that not an intervention needed? Because, you know, we live in an age of internet, right? So everything's online. When she's older, she can see that. That will be on the internet forever. People were reminded that she was supposed to be aborted, apparently, by her father. To me, that's that's quite a lot. So where in, in, in for us as who don't have the privilege of money, where is the line yeah. drawn as a celebrity to say, oh, hold on, this my family's not for sale. Like, my husband mm. is not for sale where do I draw the line? So that's why I have a bit of a, I have a love hate relationship with the the Kardashian clan in, in that respects, because I just feel like 
it's it's his mental health and it's not to be played with. You know, I just feel like not not for media consumption. Not everything's out there for everyone to see. But I guess if you can't control it and he wants to do what he wants, how do you stop it? How do you stop it? Yeah. So and I don't yeah. yeah to your point. I don't think you can because um, you know as you said like when they're super creative and they're ready to go they're going mm-hmm. and you do you just kind of have to just sit back and although you see it and it's quite interesting because I think that you know with my sister um, and when she was in those stages of mania you could see I think it's hard because I was young so I didn't really understand it to the yeah. full capacity but now when I think think back and reflect I was like you sat there and watched it because that's all you could do mm. and just be ready to kind of like move and pick up the pieces yeah so you're bracing yourself whole family's bracing themselves for something oh, to happen gosh. or an event to happen yeah and then you kind of have to just move so um yeah to your point it's quite hard like you can't yeah I'm sure that she might have just obviously that had to just let him kind just of like do run. It. but exactly but to your point yeah absolutely did you know, was it their relationship the issues that they have meteorized to gain column inches yeah because once we know you're story. having a divorce that is something you can keep secret but we know about it do you know what I mean it just feels yeah. like why are we privy to so much you know we talked about Will mm-hmm. and Jada last week their tea's not out there other than this thing that came out I I'd I struggle to find loads of negative mm. stories about their relationship but I don't mm. doubt they don't go through relationship issues so I'm just like why is everything about the Kardashians and their partners seem to be in the news all the time unless it's been leaked by their PR and you know what like quite a few of the partners just mash up you know <laughs> when I say that in a way no but when I say that and but there's there've been there's quite a lot of sorry let me rephrase that I didn't yeah. mean to them say mash up what I meant to say when I said there's 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 a lot of yeah issues. personal deep really yeah. issues that I that we know of that's yeah. just out there. Yeah. And I'm just like, keep some like you know what, keep some something back. Yeah. For behind closed doors, yeah, like everyone needs to know your business. Because Scott but he I had think al- they built their empire off of it. So Yeah. Because you had Scott who had alcohol issues and has been to rehab. You had Lamar when he was dating Chloe, same thing, drug issues. Um, allegedly, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. Um, and um, Tristan is just the new one, just Hot Mess Express, whatever. That one's just a mess. But hot yeah, mess Hot Mess Express, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. But I think what, I mean, we're not just, I mean, I don't want to just focus on bipolar, even though it's a massive issue. And obviously Kanye has declared his um, diagnosis. But just about mental health and addiction in general. Mm-hmm. Because actually, like, addictive behaviours can come in different formats. And obviously, mental health, people can suffer yeah. from depression, anxiety. And I think when I was thinking about this episode, I was just thinking it's just so tricky because at each, at any point in a relationship, one or both will require some support in their mental health, I believe. I, I mean, I yeah. struggle to find a couple that hasn't had mental health issues at some point during the relationship, even if they haven't recognised it there's something Mm -hmm. going on and I think like some problems that tend to arise from that is sometimes you know some people say that they're the fixer I think I'm a bit of a fixer like when somebody's in a low place I want to uplift them sometimes I I think at a detriment to my own mental health because I'm trying so desperately to get them to be the happy person they once were or the positive person they were and you realize when you're out of the relationship as well especially that you don't actually have the tools to do this like you're just another person like Mm. them and I think 
it's very easy for people to neglect their own mental health to support their, their partners. And I'm not saying like, don't look after them. I'm not saying don't make sure they're okay. Don't make sure they haven't had something to eat. Don't make sure they haven't taken their medication. What I'm saying is when that energy is pulled into such an extent that you don't realise that you're not even having a break. And, you know, throw that in there where you've got kids, for example, you know, like you mentioned, if you've got children or other responsibilities or you have to work full time, actually it can be mm-hmm. at a detriment to your own health. So it's just like, mm-hmm. how do you look after yourself when you're trying to look after your partner? That's sort of my mm-hmm. question. Like, what, what, how do you do that? I mean, that's quite a deep question. Oh, that's quite a deep one, isn't it? Thank yeah. you again, Latoya. <laughs> Always doing this to me. Always Sorry. doing this to me. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think it's more... I think the biggest thing that you can do is, for me personally, what I would do in that situation is utilise like my friendship circle mm. as, as almost like a support as well mm. um, and get them... To, they don't need to know like the ins and outs of like what's going on you know, in the relationship. But, you know, I could just tell myself, having a bit of a hard time, give them a small like context and then obviously like get to utilise them or utilise them as a support mm. uh, system um, or network. I think it's quite important as well to take time out for yourself and reflect and actually look at your brain mm. or look at your mind, right? So it's not necessarily look at society with your mind, but actually just take the time to stop and look at, this is how I feel. These are the reasons why I feel that. I think it's quite important as well. Like um, I do do this thing sometimes where if I'm feeling a little bit like overwhelmed or I'm feeling a bit frustrated, etc., I would journal Mm. so journaling right so for those of you who don't know about journaling basically you have two minutes and you write down whatever's in your head you just basically just write it down Mm. um and but the one rule is you cannot stop so for two minutes that you're constantly writing so every thought that comes into your head just to get out on paper and I put it away and then go back and revisit just to look at actually on this day this is what you were feeling like where are you right now etc etc so it's quite although it sounds quite crazy but you almost check in with yourself or you refer to yourself in the third person right yeah. or sometimes I will like write on like post-it notes and then just put it on like a piece of flip chart paper and then rip it down before anyone else comes <laughs> <to you. laughs> but I do think that yeah I think that it's really important to almost think about like what things do you need to do to take care of yourself and those are only some examples that I use but everyone needs to find their own rhythm because it's massively hard and I think to your point I'm going back to my original point mm. uh, of you know when you do have someone in in your family unit or your partner who does suffer from some sort of like mental illness or you know bipolar or whatever it is really important that you to take care of yourself because you to your point neglect yourself and then actually you can't be the best version of yourself to even support them Mm. you can't so that's like that's super super important yeah and just Um, understand at what point to call in professionals that was definitely something I wanted to raise because I think people don't often or sometimes it's gone so far like that they they even feel lost. They don't even know where to begin in terms of calling in professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing. I also am an advocate for walking away if you have to. The reason why I say that is because love is a wonderful, amazing feeling. It's the best thing in the world, isn't it? But it, it love can work in a way where it stops you from loving yourself because you're pouring all the love you have inside yourself for someone else. And if, that person 
let's say, for example, it's let's use an addiction because I, I don't want to use mental illness because that's slightly different. But if it's um, addiction, so say it's drug addiction, for example, and that person is constantly taking drugs, burning through your money, you know, you've done everything you can. At some point, you may feel like you have to walk away because especially if who wants to. There's always that fear, isn't it? Like, you know, if you leave them, they, it could get really bad and you were the person that left them, that kind of guilt can eat into you. But then also, if you're not happy, because it's also about your happiness, you might be happier from a distance, caring from that person, for that person, from a distance. Do you need to be romantically involved in with them to support yeah. them? You might not need to do that. Um, and also, the last point to that, in terms of relationship that I, I noted, was about some people are very open about their addiction, mental health issues, mental illness situations. It's also a choice. If they've opened that up to you at the beginning, it's your choice whether you want to enter the relationship. It's not like you're not going to be coerced into it. It's your decision. And that equally works in the same way if you want to leave. You don't have to be coerced to stay. Yeah. You know, you you can leave. But I do understand the complexities of leaving those situations. And it could take 10 15, 25, 50 times before you actually, I'm actually done. But it's where, yeah. as I said, we, we go back to the point of neglecting yourself. That's where the issue lies. So I understand that part of things. But then I was trying to think about what about if you're the person with the disorder yeah. or mental health or addiction issues? And I just kind of tried to put myself in their shoes. Now, I'm somebody that I've suffered from anxiety slash depression since I was about 15, 16, on and off for years, I have had counseling at various points in my life, which has been really, really helpful to me. I have had like, I've had NHS and I've had private. I tell you, if you can afford private, please pay for it. And <laughs> NHS, love it to death, but it does not provide you the, I don't think, the proper tools that you need. And I made a choice to pay for a set for therapy to help me because I felt like, A, it was starting to consume me in the way that I was living a double life. So I was presenting myself to people and to partners like I was okay. And then internally, it was like a vicious battle, a vicious cycle of trying to bury this, these negative feelings that I was holding within myself. Um, and I, I call it functioning survivor mode. So you kind of like, you, mm -hmm. you're still going to work, people still think you're on it they think you're funny you're outgoing you're this and I, I think people would use those terms to describe me often if they were going to say that but that can be a veneer that actually is is covering what this anxiety that you're suffering with and I used to be that person where I would keep my problems to myself as to not burden my partner and I learned in the first instance, unfortunately, that when I was in a relationship earlier on in my life, that I did choose to share some stuff. I personally felt that when um, the situation ended, the person threw it back in my face. And that yeah. burned me really badly. I don't think they meant to. I think it's one of those things when you break up and people just want to be vicious and they just say things. But it hurt me very deeply when that happened because I was like, wow, I actually confided in you like this stuff and you threw it back in my face. So what happened was I then went into auto mode and I'm going to keep it to myself and keep it to myself because I don't want people to think I'm broken or there's something wrong with me. And you try and save these, you try and save face, which is just, it's awful because then you just like, 
what you, you what happens when you get into a relationship with somebody and then that mask slips and then they do see what you're going through. So I, I totally yeah. get the other side of why people, A, don't want their partner to help them or want to do it themselves, um, don't want intervention. They don't want, you don't want people to think there's something wrong with you. And I think I tried to give an example as a new mum. I thought that postnatal depression is a very apt one that I think goes with that because you're supposed to be perfect mum, love your child, loving motherhood. You're on the wave. It's amazing. It's great. But there are women who are really suffering with postnatal depression and they're not talking about it because if they talk about it, then you're scared you're going to get your kids taken away or <laughs> you're a really bad mum. Yeah. You, you know, all these things that are, so you, you hide it to put on. And I, I think I can think of a few people that I know that, um, not, personally with my circle but people I know like outside of my circle mm-hmm. that I know for a fact that um it's possible they had postnatal depression and even in discussion with mm-hmm. them when we when we've spoken I'm like oh it's possible I mean I I thought I was on the on the way to getting postnatal depression because right now obviously pandemic times you know lockdown and stuff I was yeah. very worried that I was going to slip into that slip into it but thank god you know I didn't and I had a really amazing health visitor and it was fantastic so it just it didn't happen but when you start having those kind of like oh my god you do think everyone's gonna think I'm a shit mum or like I don't love my child or I don't deserve to be you know all these things and it's scary and that is something mm-hmm. you don't want to give to your partner but if you've got a supportive partner who can support you in the right way I think if you tell them how you want to be supported as well I don't know. What, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know what? I think everything that you've just said has resonate resonated with me. I feel I uh, suffer from the same thing in mm-hmm. terms of like, I will not talk about how I feel and any issues or struggles that I am going through because I'll just probably sort it out myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reasons why um, I am like, I could be going through some real shit times, but it will take either someone... Um, and I'll keep going, keep going. So going back to your original point of as of the autopilot, I'll mm. keep going, keep going, keep going. And I'm able to deliver my job quite effectively. But I think with me, you can tell my whole aura is very different. My energy's off, et cetera, et cetera. And it will go, I keep going until someone literally would determine, say, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, nothing, everything's fine. And then I'll start to talk maybe after mm. after the second time that they've asked me or yeah. the third time. Um, but I think, yeah, I think historically what I have done is I've conditioned myself. And I think that goes back to childhood as well. Whereas then mm. I feel that, um, I, and for the listeners, I'd, I think I have mentioned in some of kind of a few previous episodes, but over the first lockdown, I went through counselling for six weeks. It was, um, I loved it, but I hated it at the same time. There were sometimes I don't want to talk to him. (laughs) He's going to get on my nerves. One minute, it'll be kind of like really boring, not boring session, but it'll be quite like a nice session, you know, for the first like 35 minutes. And towards the end of the five minutes, he'll ask a question. You was bawling, crying. Oh, I'm like, where's? And then, and then the session ended. I was like, so what? You're just gonna leave me like this? Yeah. Into another TV. Yeah. <laughs> but I think through doing the counselling, I think what was quite interesting and what came up is I uh, historically and previously as a child, when things happened that I was really upset about, I wouldn't necessarily go to. For me, I don't think there was anyone there to kind of comfort or help me work through it. And that's not determined to say that my mum done the best that she could, but she was distracted with other things. Mm. My dad was quite in and out of my life. So 
um, what happened was I kind of fixed it myself. Mm. So I've grown myself up to be able to manage and fix things myself. So it's very hard mm. for me to let people in to be like, this is what I'm going through. This is what I need, et cetera, et cetera. Because if I'm honest, I think I have been, there's been quite a few uh, monumental life events has happened where I have been disappointed. Mm. So by me to allow myself to not be disappointed, what I need to do is rely on myself because mm-hmm. no one else is going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes out in the behaviour in terms of like my drive, my ambition. Sometimes I can be quite bullish. So in terms of I'm like, right, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to get. Um, and that's not to say bullish to the point where I impact or intentionally hurt people or whatever, but I won't necessarily, cons- I don't really need to consider other people's opinions if I want it because Mm. I want it so (laughs) understood that does I am very very stubborn as well um (laughs) it's harder for me to open up and ask for support Mm. because it was never there so you know if you think about 33 years of life you conditioned yourself to 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 do that Mm. so all of a sudden it doesn't just happen overnight yeah like it takes time um and I think you know what I can talk from my experience but I think that's something that a lot of men go through yeah sure. um, and especially a lot of black men as well mm. I'm, I'm gonna find myself for my black brothers I'm sorry yeah. but I do feel you know it's very hard being a man in in today's society and talking about mental health and what you and asking for support mm-hmm. um but then I do feel equally it's harder for for black men to ask for support as well mm. Because I think we just, our mental health, mental health generally is still, I mean, even when we think about the situation we're in right now with the lockdowns and and the pandemic, it's still not really being addressed. And, you know, I think a lot of people have, I definitely noted after this lockdown, just the general shift in my circle of friends Mm -hmm. with this third or fourth, God knows number, lockdown the the national one I definitely noted mm. the shift because it was a bit like you know I was just saying to you before we started this episode my mum never swears she never ever swears and I don't think she mind me saying but she just I said I mentioned COVID and she said I don't want to hear about that fucking COVID ever again because you know she was saying this is a grown woman that she feels trapped she mm-hmm. feels trapped she cannot do anything she cannot resume life she can't do anything so God knows what us who are much younger, how we're yeah. feeling. And I definitely noted with the the pandemic, you know, with the ongoing, the lockdowns and stuff with my mental health, I had, I'm somebody like a bit, I'm like, well, I'm like you, you know, we, we work through the anxiety. I am somebody yeah. that throw myself into another project. I just throw myself into another thing. So this lockdown, I, yet again, I'm throwing myself into other things because I have to keep busy and I, I've been told multiple times to do mindfulness. I can't do it. I can do yoga. That is great because it's active and it's making my body work. And I, for me, with my body is strong, my mind is strong. So that seems to me. It, it seems that's, that's my yeah. mental health help. Yeah. Um, but I, did, I do want to say that there's, and going back to relationships, and this is something I learned in therapy, my, my first proper private therapy session t- about 10 years ago now, she taught me something and it's very simple. I'm probably simplifying it in the worst way possible, but it's about the lotus of control. And I just want to reflect that back into relationships. She talked about, because I was talking about, you know, relationships and things like that. And she said, listen, you know, you need to look at something called the lotus of control. 
there's there are two types of ways that we look at problems so for a lot of people they for a lot of people they externalize their problems so, so say for example you've got a test right you've got an exam yeah you'll have a camp of people if they fail the exam you'll have a camp of people who will go well it wasn't my fault the teacher was shit the bus was late the people that wrote the questions they didn't write it properly there's no onus everything is externally based and then you get the opposite which are people who are like I'm shit I'm not good enough I didn't revise the test properly and she said it's about finding the balance some things are within your control and some things are not so within a relationship there are some things that you can help some things that you can help your partner with as the outside person but like you said you if the person doesn't want to help themselves, there's nothing you can do. That is is down to what that person, I have had rounds of anxiety slash depression and there's absolutely nothing, my husband, nothing. You can talk to me all day long. I'm not interested. I am not in the mood. I'll work through it. I'll get there. I don't want you to help me. And that's probably awful. But when you're in that state, I can imagine with Kanye, when he's running for president, he said he's running for president. You're not going to interrupt what he's doing because that's that is what he wants to do. So you yeah. have to support from a distance and just yeah. be there to pick up the pieces if it all falls down. Yeah, and I do think yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. And I think you know the responsibility of the of of the partner for you know the responsibility for Kim is to, for for me personally is potentially to facilitate an environment where he feels comfortable to be able mm-hmm. to manage like his his conditions, right? Yeah. And I do think you know partners, you're there. You're not there to help. You're there to help your partner, but you're there to facilitate the environment for them to flourish, to be the best yeah. version of themselves. But the reality of it is, is they should want to be the best versions of them, best versions of themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't feel that you need to, and I do feel what we ran the risk of, or back in the day, what we used to do is mm. handhold and try to modicard like my sister. And is she not going to take the damn medication? She ain't going to take the medication. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. If someone wants to go and go out and do something, they're going to go out and do it. You can obviously advise them. This is this is the priorities of the cons. Mm-hmm. Like what, what? And if they fuck up or they make the mistake, but if you fuck up and make the mistake, then actually, to your going back to your point, so I'm finding that balance, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. what is outside of my control versus what's in your control. Mm-hmm. What's in your control is to facilitate an environment, a facets of the environment. Mm-hmm. You can't control the whole environment. So yeah. I do feel, you know, going back onto that whole like, you know, you need to be if you are in a situation where you are with someone and there's quite challenging in terms of the relationship and not just around like addiction and not just around obviously uh, mental health but if it's quite challenging I think you need to understand okay what yeah what's in your control what's not in your control when is the right time to say actually enough because Mm -hmm. if it's impacting the relationship and it's impacting your mental health and your happiness then you just need to address that and I think yeah for sure feel free to walk away it might sound quite selfish but feel free to walk away you know what love people but you have to love yourself more my mom's always said keep back 10% of love for yourself love it because <laughs> like, <love> <laughs> if it doesn't work out you got that 10% that you can just bump up like thanks mum it's like you know, the love saving I love the that. I mean ISA <laughs> I love it ISA for love and I, I suffer love. But love. I love it. That is it. Well, I'm going to move on to the addiction stuff now, which is slightly not less. It is a bit like more lighthearted because obviously we talked about Kanye's porn addiction, right? Yes, yeah, so I want to get into this. <laughs> porn is a contentious issue. Um, my standpoint is I don't care if my partner watches porn. It doesn't bother me one iota. I only have an issue if 
your warped reality is starting to impact on our sex life. Okay, right. Before we get into that, right, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question. Have you watched porn with your husband? No, he he's not into it. Is watching porn with your partner a thing? Some people can. Personally, for me, it's not something I can do comfortably. I, it's awkward. I don't want to know well, your kink. I don't want to know your kink. I want to experience it. No. Okay, I'm treading carefully here, right? I don't yeah, think, yeah, I'm treading carefully here. I don't particularly care what people's kinks and fetishes are. I'm not bothered. If that if your sector is I don't whatever. If your sector is a is a very niche part of um a porn website, do your thing. I don't want to watch it with you. I I just I don't want to. I'd rather not know. But if you are introducing that into our relationship in a safe way where I have the option to say no. That's very different. You get people who they can't even have a boner. Let me just state. Let me state it without mm-hmm. doing something overly kinky or reenacting some sort of porn thing they've seen, or just constantly talking about it in fucking conversation. Like honestly, it's boring. Like you know, respect people's boundaries when it comes to like sex, and I think. <laughs> you're getting ready to say I think no. boundaries. not everybody wants to do everything and I like we talked about this I think a couple of episodes ago about being vanilla right and oh, yeah the, the, and I think that some people it's it's absolutely okay to be vanilla it's actually okay to be like I like missionary I just want to have romantic sex and it's also okay if you're on the other spectrum and you want to be spanked and whatever I have no issue what I have an issue with with porn is and I think it is a male-centric issue, though I do know there are women that are addicted to porn. But what I have an issue from a, a heterosexual female point of view, speaking right. to heterosexual men, is that they think women behave like porn stars and that we all, like, A, shave our vaginas. We don't all shave our vaginas. Number two, we don't all want it up the butt. Okay? Oh. We don't all... No, sorry, I know as a gay man, it's no. different. But as a woman... <laughs> We don't all want to have it up the bum. Just because you've seen it on porn doesn't mean that that's going to translate into your own bedroom. Like, so it's like, it's just some men have this warped reality of like what they see in porn. Considering the fact that women in porn, a lot of the time are on heavy drugs, like cocaine, weed, alcohol. I mean, if you're getting rammed by 15 men, do you really think there's somebody who's not on something? She might be on something to like, come on. So why would you think? <laughs> no, yeah, it's I like, mean, I mean they probably are on something. You'd have to be a little bit. I mean, come on. Yeah. And I'm not judging that woman. Get your coin. I'm not. I'm not judging porn stars. Get your money. But what I'm trying to say is that just people just try and make it like it has to be the norm for your relationship to do things that you see in porn. Porn is a fantasy for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I I'm I'm there with you. I yeah. do think that. Well, there's a fantasy of reason. The reason why I ask the question is because I know that some people, some, yeah, in my circle, <laughs> who have watched porn with their partners. And I don't really know. I just think it will just be a little bit odd. That's yeah. not to turn in and say that I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. but I just don't, I don't foresee myself, you know, putting on a porn movie with my boyfriend and be like, okay, cool, let's reenact. Now, 
I say that, however, I do feel that, you know, yeah, to your point, porn is very much of a fantasy thing. I think it should be quite individual to the person. Yeah, I have yeah. a few kinks, like everyone else has a few kinks, etc. And it's okay to push the boundaries just a little bit, yeah. you know, when you're in the bedroom. Yeah. But yes, I agree with you in terms of like, you know, respecting people's boundaries. There's some stuff that people will like and some stuff that people don't. Um, and I think if you're quite open and honest in terms of like your kinks, then actually, you know, you can try a little, you can give a little bit on both, yeah. both parts, right? Um, so yeah, I think that I'm all, you know, me, I'm all one for people just, you know, exploring themselves, their relationship and people sexually. Um, but yeah, I do think like have the boundaries, but I think it's quite interesting. You said a point around, um, uh, like the relationship being sexualized. And I have a question like, what, what does like an over-sexualized relationship look like for you? And what impact does that actually have on the relationship? Okay. Well, an over-sexualized relationship, from my point of view, is I think if one partner has what I I think is an addiction to porn, like as, as in they watch it all the time, they have to masturbate to it all the time, they try and, like, every conversation is, even if you're just talking about, like, bread, all of a sudden it's, you're talking about sex, like that, I mean, there's a difference between having flirtatious banter to yeah. everything turning into something sexual. Like that, that's to me at the beginning when you first get with someone, yeah, you're banging all the time. But as the relationship develops, it changes, it gets a little right. bit more steady, right? Now, yeah. when you are, and again, as I said, I find this is a heterosexual man thing, my opinion, not gospel, but, um, there will be hints of things that they they keep trying to drop into the conversation of things that they want to do. And you're just like, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not really interested in doing that. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, well, but I've seen it in porn. Okay, well, good. I'm we're glad you've seen it in porn. Oh, but, you know, um, I don't, I, I, it'll be fine. Well, but I don't want to do it. Well, but why won't you try? But if you love me, but I don't want to do it. So what, what, what's the, you're not understanding here? I said, no. So what is it that you, it's not getting into your brain? You know, it's just that it's a, you're not respecting the other person's mm. boundaries. Now, mm. I feel like women get pressurised, or as equally like we talked about in the last relationship, age-wise, you could be pressurised into doing something because the person's older and you don't want to do it. But there is a fine line between, okay, I'm open to it, I trust you, let's try it once or let's do this, as opposed to, making the other person feel inadequate because they're not performing like a porn, porn star or they're not behaving like a porn star. And like, I think in the alleged Kanye tells, like I do remember reading about uh, Kenya Moore, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, she said she went on a date with Kanye West years ago and went to his house or his studio and there was just porn on in the background. Like it was like a film. Wow. Porn is just on playing. Like, porn is just on the screen like what 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 do you mean like it's not it's not an mm. it's porn like and I think where you're becoming desensitized to the type of porn you're watching because you have to keep searching further and further to get your highs or whatever it is I think the line becomes blurred and yeah. I think you do read a lot about men who um I'm talking about men here because that's mostly what I read about. But I do know there are women, as I said, who are addicted, but they have to go through like these challenges of like not masturbating for like 30 days to break the cycle. 
because they cannot like no <laughs> you're serious there's a whole i think it's called fap fap someone correct me okay. right? i don't know what it stands for i don't know what the acronym is but basically they don't masturbate for like they try to get to like 30 days because they're literally like they're masturbating all day long, watching porn wow. all day long, and they just can't break it to the point where they actually can't get into relationships with women or they cannot perform sexually with women because the brain, because what porn does is it triggers a part of your brain that yeah. gives you that first endorphin slash high. Yeah. And you're like, woo, woo. Yeah, I'm ready. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then you need to watch something else to keep yeah. achieving the same high, a bit like taking drugs. So yeah. if you're watching that all the time, well, sex with a normal person is going to be pretty dry, yeah. isn't it? Like, yeah. it's going to be dry because you've seen that, like, someone's like, I don't know, I don't want to start giving examples. It's a PG yeah. podcast. Yeah. But yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? People know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have, I don't have an issue with porn. I have an issue with porn when it starts to infiltrate into the sexual relationship of a relationship. Like, mm. it starts to basically, take over and one or both they can't perform without it or they can't you're trying to push someone to do something they don't want to do yeah that's my opinion but i'm not saying that like and i know some women are very anti-porn i know some women like i hate it i don't want my partner watching porn i don't want them perving oh, have you seen some of the people in porn i'm not stressing babes like some of them <laughs> look, no 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 let's get into it okay Let's get into it because I'm just like, so they couldn't give you a nice wig. They couldn't even give you oh, like yeah, some of the wigs are dry. Like they yeah, look, dry. They, yeah, obviously yeah. I know maybe financially you need to get the money or whatever, but this is a production, baby. <laughs> this is a production. Yeah, the director should have really had budget to make sure that at least you're looking your sexual best. Like. Yeah. I guess men and women don't care. They're focusing on the sexual parts, but I'm just like, come on. Sorry. That's, I digressed. Go ahead, do it. <laughs> you know it's true though. No, I know it's true. I know it's true. I know, I know. Um, yeah, no, I think, yeah, some of the weeks are definitely quite dry. Um, but yeah, I think, you know what, everyone like, you know, watch porn within reason. That's kind of like my thing. Because, um, yeah, I think it's it's a, it's a personal thing. Sometimes, you know, you might just want to just live out a little fantasy by yourself, you know, and not necessarily live out your fantasy with your partner, because if you open up too much, they're going to think you're weird and then run for the hills. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, everyone's got a bit of freaky leak, right? Everyone's got a freaky leak. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but yeah, no, the reason I just answered is because, yeah, I agree with you. I have a view in terms of when it starts to filter, when it, you know, when porn or, or the sexual innuendos or the images or whatever really start to leak into like every day, yeah, it starts yeah. to become a bit like, mm, that's tasteless. Do you know what I mean? I'm not a prude um, when it comes to things like this. I think, you know, historically I've been very open um, in, in previous episodes. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, when it starts to just like creep in, I just think it could, it starts to become a bit odd. Odd, And I'm just, yeah, like, oh, just, just, just like, oh, you know what, you're taking the sexiness like out, out of it. it a little bit. I've never, have I, I'm just thinking, have I... Have I watched Form of a Partner? I haven't. I don't think I have. I might have got... Yeah, I might actually... I haven't <laughs> watched it, right? But I've come in and it was on. Oh. And I've been like, oh, okay. This is what we're doing. And I had it on as we were getting down. Okay. That was 
young you were in the heyday. Do you know what I mean? Ho is life. <laughs> ho, ho is life. Right? Listen. Oh, God. You know how I said already, boy? Listen, I had it. I yeah, had it. Oh, I got it. I got it. I got it. Yeah, 100%. I had it. So back, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at first when I walked in, I was like, okay, this is different. I didn't think it was odd. I just thought it was a bit different. And, mm. you know, I'm very much the person, you know what, try and think once. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Why not? Okay, that's it. But never again. No. But never again. <laughs> well, never say never. But, you know, I think it's it's up to each couple. I'm, I've got no dog in this fight. I just, my only thing is when it creeps in. Yeah, yeah, as I said before, I just, I hate, and like you said about the tasteless part of it, it's like when you, uh, when I joined like dating websites and someone just sends you a dick pic. I remember like I joined the dating website and um, this, I started talking to this guy, clearly it wasn't his picture. The guy was a chunga lung. Yeah. All my 90s kids, remember the term chunga lung? Hey, chunga lung, chungas, chung ting. He was a chung ting, right? He was, Wow. But I just thought, this is not real. Because every picture was like, it sort of looked like a professional photo. Like, it was like mm. him on the football pitch or him. He was he was buff, right? But I thought, let me humor this. So the conversation was very friendly, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, cool, cool. He's like, oh, then one day it's like, oh, what are you up to? And I was just like, oh, I can't remember what I was doing, working or doing something at home. And he's like, oh, I want to send you something. for oh. here we go. So I said, all right, yes, please. okay, go on then. Like, let's now this how I know you're damn catfish, yeah. Because why are you sending me a picture of your penis next to the fridge? No face, nobody, no nothing. I just thought yeah. block. Like, Silly block. Yes, yeah, stop it. Stop Silly. It. I don't think anyone of that buff caliber would be sending me a picture like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm expecting fully posed, you know, proper picture, not the next <laughs> Why was it next to the fridge? It was just so... So you're in the kitchen. It was just so <laughs> weird. And I, was just, I just blocked him. I just thought, you're odd. Because it's not these are not even your pictures. Like, I don't, I don't understand it. Because the thing is, like, willies... Oh, God, I can't remember saying this. But willies are not that... Like, I feel the female form is more attractive than the male form. Don't be silly. <laughs> don't be silly. No. No. Listen, I appreciate the female form. Obviously, I'm going to be biased, you know, because, you know, I have to ride or die for my mandem, right? But, no. Like, you know what? Everyone comes in different form, different shape, different sizes, 110%. We're not going to go into the DL, but I think the one thing, the penis is just one thing, right? You have it, it, it's, it's either, you know, there, cut or not, it is what it is. You know, this is it. So it's just one thing. There's a lot of different... There's a lot of complexity in the female form, right? We know this. And that... No, what I'm I'm talking about... (laughs) Don't be offended. That's not what I'm trying to say. You guys are very complex creatures. We're quite complex creatures. However, you guys are more dynamic. That's what I'm trying to say, right? You know, dynamic dimensions. Are you talking about the vag? Yeah. In the vagina. 100%. Where's in the... Listen, with a penis and a willy with the dick, it's just one thing and done in it. Do you know what I mean? You don't have to worry about, listen, you either like, right, okay, cool, I'm going to jump on this way, that way, done. Oh. Someday you've got to bring out like, a map, A to Z with you lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Am I lying? Am I lying? I'm sure there's other men that will agree with you. Right. Whatever. My point is, 
not all dick pics were made equal. That's all I'm going to say. They're not okay. all made equal. So, um, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble after this. But this is obviously, like, I'm just saying, you know, as someone who's received them previously, um, they're not all made equal. But anyway, moving on swiftly. <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Um, yeah. yeah, so I think we've kind of covered that. I mean, obviously, we, we talked about yeah. addiction. There's different types of addiction, as we've obviously said, like alcohol addiction. Um, and I think even with the alcohol and drug addiction as well, you could be doing things rec- recreationally, even porn, if yeah. you're watching it with your partner. But again, things like where it impacts like drugs, like financially, you've got bills to pay, but you're using it to go see the weed man. That's a bit of a, do you know what I mean? I, that I, that's a problem. So any of these things, addictive behaviors, everyone has something that might be slightly addicted to, but I just think it's where it impacts onto the relationship as a whole. Um, sure. And obviously with Kim and Kanye, maybe they work through, I think he said, I think that's how he found, he's found God and he's left the porn addiction life behind. Oh God. That, oh, okay. He's got the Sunday service and I think he, he says he's turned over a new leaf and I'm sure maybe he's had some therapy oh, or something exactly. to, to break the habit yeah having it having it on in the background just as a day-to-day thing it's super intense it's super intense and i i hope and that also, was gone by the time he yeah. had kids because that yeah that's because it's the children as well yeah and you know they're gonna when they grow up it's out there yeah. um so that's 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 a lot and they'll be obviously battling their own insecurities and their lives but then equally to have to battle the stigma and the perception of your family and your parents yeah. as well it's massively important, so you yeah, know for it's sure. Too much, so yeah. I think we've we've covered. I think we did quite. Yeah, a hundred percent. I loved it. I think it was very balanced. Yeah, you know, very balanced. So your key takeaways for for this episode? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, mine is as I said. I think love, love reigns supreme with everything. You know, love is mm-hmm. the 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 greatest feeling, but it can also be a motherfucker. Um, so it can pull you, push and pull you in so many different directions. So as I said before, that it's okay to walk away if it's too much for you to handle. Secondly, just involve professionals because they have a duty of care to do their job. Like they will make yeah. sure your loved one is okay where you cannot do it and where the burden is too heavy for you to carry is basically like sort of my takeaway. And as I said, as someone who has had like anxiety and depression, etc., on and off, it is down to us it's awful to say but it's if we want the help as well exactly or that we're a danger to ourselves or (laughs) i'm not going to hurt anybody but if you felt we were a danger to ourselves or to others absolutely you just get someone involved because that is the Mm -hmm. best way to stop someone from really coming to any actual harm or danger it's not your job you're not that person's parent you're that person's lover and equal and give them an equal playing playing ground playing level playing field equal whatever playing field yeah yeah equal yeah. playing field so that you're both on the same page and you don't have to be their carer I don't know I hope that's sensitive yeah I, no yeah. for sure and I think you know for me I think definitely a big thing is like self-care is massively important and I think you know going through my personal experience with having someone in the family that has you know bipolar but then equally any situation mm-hmm. I think you really need to take the time out to reflect around how you feel to make sure you're being the best version of yourself for yourself mm-hmm. but then equally your partner as well um and I do think a big massive takeaway is you know what love's hard you know being in a relationship hard. is hard work whilst it yeah. has it's like you know it absolutely has this benefits but you know I do think it is when you're in a relationship especially in a marriage I'm not too sure I'm not in a marriage Mm -hmm. but you know I do feel like you know previous to 
my 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 relationship now like I was single for quite some time mm. and actually I think I've really had to learn to relearn actually what it means to be in a relationship and work at it mm. and it does it's a lot it's hard work it's labor Very 100% it but is. when you feel believe that the person is worth it then you know what well, you have the patience etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. so yeah no, love is love is good but love's hard it's a mother, it's hard mother. Good. <laughs> it's a mother, mother. but you know what as it. well like yeah, just I agree with you. I think it's in any relationship, but I think when you know your worth as well, then you, you can give the love that you want to receive, and not everybody yeah. is worthy of receiving that love from you. And that, I'm not talking yeah. about necessarily people with men, like mental health issues or whatever. I'm just saying generally, if when you know you love yourself, the person that you choose to give your love to, you will go, you will, you will climb mountains to make sure that yeah. they're okay. You will go above and beyond to make sure that they're okay. And if you know that, that that the situation you're in, you're not being loved in the right way, you're probably not going to get that support that you would want in return. So love is hard, but when you choose to love the right person, honestly, like you can, you can, you can climb mountains. That's, that's my... That's my that is, that is so lovely to end I know. I just I really, really believe nice. that. That took me 35 years to work out. But <laughs> yeah, it took me 35 years to work that out. You know, that actually when you know, when you love the right person, actually yeah. it's not that it's not as hard as you think it is because mm-hmm. you know that it's reciprocal. When it's not mm. reciprocal, it is it is more of a labor than it has to be, basically. Mm. And yeah, it's a detriment to yourself, but whatever. I'm not being soppy anymore. Oh, look at that. And that brings us to the end of the episode, guys, on Natoya's uh, soppy quote. <laughs> I think it was lovely. It wasn't Ow. soppy. Um, well, anyway, guys, I, we really hope that you enjoyed um, this episode at uh, The Labour of Love. I think we tried to come with quite a balanced view. And actually, just because the topics are quite sensitive, um, we hope that you appreciate our sensitivity towards the, the, the conversations and the topics. Um, yes, yeah, so as I said, really hope you enjoy. We'll see you very, very soon. If you're not following us already, please follow us snatch.podcast on instagram or contact us at contact at snatchpodcast.com but until then guys take care and see you around soon Bye. bye